podcast number 81, Holy, sung by Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper. This is a perfect example and model for all songwriters. In fact, the underlying techniques of sectioning, melodic construction, harmony, and rhythm offer a reservoir of ideas for all composers in all styles and genres of music. As mentioned in previous podcasts, through form and analysis, we hope to highlight these techniques in order to act as a model and inspiration for our own works. Let's begin with the overall architecture. It's in 4-4 time, the key of G-flat major at a moderate tempo. We have an introduction, verse 1, a chorus, verse 2, chorus, bridge, verse 3, and chorus. There is no pre-chorus. The introduction. The introduction, although only two measures long, fulfills all the expectations of an introduction. It sets the time signature, tempo, tonality, chord progression, and rhythm, while forecasting the mood and overall feel of the work. We hear four chords played with an harmonic rhythm that becomes a hook, which permeates the entire song. These four chords are G flat, the one chord in the key of G flat, D flat, the five chord, E flat minor seven, the six chord, and C flat, the four chord. E flat minor seven is an extension of the E flat minor chord. Please see podcast number 73, Chord Extensions and Substitutions, for more on this subject. If you are not familiar with the key of G flat, if we transpose this into G, it would be G, D, E minor, and C. Or in the key of C, it would be C, G, A minor, and F. Hundreds, maybe thousands of songs use this progression in one way or another. Some examples are Let It Be by The Beatles, No Woman, No Cry by Bob Marley, Love Someone, Justin Bieber, Love Story, Taylor Swift, Don't Stop Believin', Journey, Hey Soul Sister, Train, Someone Like You, Adele. On this basic foundation, the melody is constructed. As I have highlighted in previous podcasts, through articles, interviews, and biographies, most songwriters say they start with a chord background, along possibly with a backing rhythm, which stimulates melodies in their minds. Sometimes a lyric will guide them, or the melody comes first. I highly recommend David Byrne's book, How Music Works, for more on this subject. As highlighted in podcast numbers 51, 52, and 53, there are two layers of chord rhythm. First, how long the chords are applied in a measure. Here we have two chords per measure, two beats each in 4-4 time. Second, how the chords are played. In other words, a specific rhythm which is used thereby creating a harmonic hook, which I played earlier. It is first heard in the introduction and then continues into the first verse. This technique is important for all songwriters in the initial act of composing or in a demo or finished recording. First, choose your chords and progression, then find the rhythm that creates a memorable gesture that relates to the listener. There are melodic, lyrical, harmonic, and rhythmic hooks that can make a song truly memorable. 
See podcast number 57, The Hook. Verse 1. The first verse is eight measures long. We hear four two-measure phrases, both melodically and harmonically. Phrase 1. The lyrics are, I hear a lot about sinners. The background of the introduction is now continued into the verse. This is the most commonly used technique in today's music, although there are exceptions. Check out the podcast Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. John Frusciante's introduction is amazing. The melody of this first phrase is composed of eighth notes moving in a downward motion, primarily made up of chord and passing tones, mostly stepwise, diatonic, then pausing on the first beat of the second measure, then three beats of rest. This is important, letting the music breathe and giving time to the listener to absorb the meaning of the lyrics. Tom Petty is a master of this technique. Since I do not want to break any copyright laws, please listen to the original recording. I will play some brief examples, though. Here is the first phrase. Phrase two, the lyrics. Don't think that I'll be a saint. This second phrase is rhythmically the same as the first phrase, with a melody slightly altered, rising at first with the lyrics don't think that, then closely similar to the phrase one with the lyrics I'll be a saint, and then one complete measure of rest, four beats. Phrase three, the lyrics, but I might go down to the river, except for one extra note for the lyric but, which jumps up a major six to the lyric I, the third phrase musically repeats the first phrase. This is one of the most important techniques in music, repeating a phrase consecutively or in various patterns. For example, let's say the first and second phrase are the same, or the first and third for in this song, as we have seen just now. Maybe the first and fourth. Any combination of repetition. As I have stated in previous podcasts, repetition of phrases or sections with or without variation is possibly the most important technique for any composer. At the end of this third phrase, we hear the lyric cause the, introducing the fourth phrase, phrase four. Now at this point, everything changes. The musical accompaniment rests, shining a spotlight on the lyrics, which are way that the sky opens up when we touch, yeah, it's. For these lyrics, we hear a three-note figure repeated four times. This phrase, two measures long, concludes with the lyric, making me say, as the background chords re-enter, forcefully reinforcing these lyrics. This fourth phrase is so different than the first three. The dynamics move from soft to medium loud. A small detail but important technique is the alteration of the C-flat chord. As we hear making me say that the way you, which introduces the chorus, we hear one chord instead of two. Instead of E-flat minor seventh to C-flat, we have only the C-flat chord, but now it's altered. And the chord rhythm has changed. Let's listen. 
This chord rhythm will be used extensively throughout the piece, another harmonic rhythmic hook. As I mentioned, the C flat chord, the four chord, now has D flat in the bass. First, I'll play a regular C flat chord, and then I'll play a C flat with the D flat in the bass. This creates a feeling of a suspension. The four chord now becomes the five chord. We have D flat nine suspended fourth. A suspension hangs between major and minor. It pulls to the one chord, in this case G flat, but here the pull is ambiguous in its role, color, and function. This fourth phrase stands out due to the fact that the first measure contains no background music and the second measure a chord and a rhythm not heard before, also breaking the two chord per measure pattern. When one wants to highlight an emotion or the meaning of a certain lyric, phrase, or introduce something important about to happen, changing the background or melody in one way or another is a perfect technique. I cannot stress that fact enough. For those of you who play guitar, you know that the key of G flat is not used often on a guitar because there would be no open strings or bar chords. If you want to hear this sound on the guitar, play a low E bass note, let it ring, and then play a D chord above it. You will hear that suspension. Now we enter the chorus. The chorus is eight measures long, divided into two four-bar subsections. Subsection number one contains two phrases. Phrase one, the lyrics are, hold me five times. Notice the addition of the choir. The dynamics rise to medium loud along with the piano, adding more activity in the right hand. The second measure features three beats rest with the piano playing the chord rhythm we just heard at the end of the verse. Then we have a two-note pickup to the next phrase with the lyrics, feel so. The second phrase, which is a repetition of the first phrase with the lyrics, holy now sung five times. Perfect continuity. Another nuance, a small touch is that the C-flat with the D-flat in the bass, now the C-flat chord has the D-flat in the chord itself with the C-flat in the bass, which creates a C-flat add nine chord. Adding small touches like this make the difference between something average and something truly memorable. The second subsection of this chorus is very interesting in that it is so different from the first half. It is also four measures long, but so different from the first four measures. And this is truly out of the norm when you consider most choruses. First of all, the dynamics change because the piano drops out, and the sole accompaniment now is the bass line and the drums. We begin with a pickup on the lyrics, Oh God, with two notes, high, G flat. What is noticeable and important is that this is the highest note so far and more exclaimed with the choir 
as in a religious setting rather than just sung. In addition, rather than one or two measure phrases, we have one continuous four-measure phrase now. First, we have the lyrics running to the altar like a track star. This is then repeated with a slight variation with the lyrics can't wait another second is the same music as running to the altar, but the next lyrics cause the way you use the same music as at the end of the verse that the way you. I'll play that now. This is so very important in music, not only to repeat ideas exactly or with variation, but to take fragments of ideas and phrases and use them in different sections. The second part of this four measure phrase has the lyrics hold me five times, and it's the same as holy five times that we heard in the first part of the chorus. The first time with the piano accompaniment. Now we just have the bass and the drums but the melody is the same. This is extended with the lyrics feel so holy at the end of the chorus. I find this to be an amazing chorus, although divided into two parts, which is unusual for a chorus. It makes perfect sense through overlapping elements and interwoven melodic and lyrical statements. Now for the second verse. Verse two melodically is practically the same as verse one with new lyrics. As in most songs, the verse tells you the story, and the chorus contains the lyrical hook. Also, if there is a pre-chorus, it normally contains the same lyrics with each repetition. Please see podcast number five, Developing the Pre-Chorus. However, there are two noticeable exceptions. The second phrase extended with the lyric, No, repeated seven times, and the bass and drums continues as the sole accompaniment until the last measure, which is the same as verse one. Now we have the second chorus, which is exactly the same as chorus number one, which leads us to the bridge. The modern bridge is a section added into the verse pre-chorus chorus architecture in order to introduce something new. It may be lyrical, melodic, harmonic, rhythmic, some or all of the above. Podcast number eight and number nine deal with the modern bridge. We have the same chord progression with the continuing bass line reinforcing the hypnotic reoccurring ostinato patterns. In podcast number 79, I detail the importance of these patterns, such as we see here in the bass line and the chord progression. This supports the new melody layered above, dovetailing elements as new sections enter and leave is a perfect technique allowing one to insert any element into a musical composition while continuity is still achieved. Beethoven was able to introduce any musical thought, no matter how distant, by overlapping techniques such as dynamics, melody, accompaniment, rhythm, etc. As new ideas enter, we see the new and the old fused together flowing independently and together as currents in a stream. In this bridge, the new melody enters over the existing background. The bridge enters with the lyrics, they say we're too young, and the pimps and the players say, don't go crushing. The form of this bridge is that the first and third phrases 
and the second and fourth are lyrically and musically practically the same. For a few lyrics, the notes are changed. We see eight measures divided into four two-measure phrases, similar to the verse and chorus. Eight-measure sections are the most common in popular music, although there are exceptions, and of course the blues is usually 12 measures. The bass line continues the same, and the chords are the same, but in the first measure of every two-measure section, the chords are now half notes. Once again, a very subtle touch that reinforces that something new is happening. Verse 3, the final verse. This verse truly stands out due to the fact that Chance the Rapper takes the lead, singing the first three phrases. The lyrics are, the first step pleases the father, might be the hardest to take, but when you come out of the water. Melodically, these three phrases are practically the same as verse one. Another example of fusing the new with the old and repetition with variation. At this point, he wraps the next 16 measures with the bass and drum accompaniment. The verse, instead of eight measures, is now 22 measures long. The final chorus. The concluding chorus is extended from eight measures into 12 measures due to the technique of repeating a phrase to fragment or section a musical gesture, either at the beginning, middle, or end of a section. This is a perfect technique in reinforcing an important lyrical or musical hook. Of course, the greatest example of this is the end of Hey Jude by the Beatles. In this chorus, it is the fifth measure with the lyrics running to the altar like a track star, which is repeated five times. The last three measures with the lyrics can't wait another second cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, feel so holy, oh holy. Except for the four-measure interjection, the chorus is exactly the same as the previous choruses. The only difference is that the accompaniment goes right to the end and does not drop out for just the bass line and drums. Let's review some of the important ideas and techniques we have just observed. The use and ordering of sections most popular in today's music, except this song has no pre-chorus. An introduction that foretells what is about to occur. Verses that tell the story through the use of repetition and variation of melody, harmony, rhythm, and accompaniment. Vocal and instrumental parts at the highest level. Repeating ostinato patterns that contribute to the subliminal hypnotic effect. Lyrical, melodic, rhythmic, and harmonic hooks throughout. These are important techniques for any composer in any style of music. In regards to songwriting, as mentioned earlier, most songwriters admit to beginning each work with a chord and rhythmic foundation. In a wonderful interview on The Howard Stern Show, Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam showed himself to be an intelligent, kind, sympathetic, thoughtful person. When asked about composing, he honestly spoke of his process. Truly refreshing, since many composers and improvisers will not. Instead, beating around the bush or saying it just came to them magically or through God. What was really interesting was showing Howard on a guitar how sometimes searching for new chordal tone colors, he will work with shapes on the fingerboard, not traditional chords. 
If you are interested in alternative chords such as this on the guitar, years ago I wrote a book called Guitar Chords for the 21st Century, which is available on Amazon, which contains over 1,848 chords, shapes, and colors based on chords from various interval combinations. Because of the amount of chords, I have said this is not a chord dictionary, but a dictionary of shapes and colors. I have also included many ways modern composers move chords. The naming of these chords might seem confusing, for I named them by the intervals contained. In order to remedy this, I have put up on my website, josephlelore.com, a free chart with the traditional names, which can be downloaded and printed out, as I said, for free. I'd like to leave you with this quote by Mary Davis. Music unwraps the heart, sings out the prayer, dances the spirit, and opens the soul. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.